0: This Wednesday, people rocking and rolling in my own words. Yours truly, Stephen M. Smith, Touchdown Alabama Magazine. We apologize for the lateness here, people. Just some technical issues there, but we appreciate you guys rocking and rolling with us right now, 10 days away from Alabama, Miami, coming up here in two weeks. We're going to do something different right now. We're going to actually go to the In My hotline. We pick up our first guest of the evening, my man Jason Clary, who is the owner of the Dolphins Dispatch, covering those Miami Dolphins. Jason, we get to the, we get to the guest early today how you feeling man
1: as are, uh hey sorry man uh i'm i'm doing well uh glad you guys were able to get uh on air there and uh you know happy to be back on here and thank you very much for having me
0: absolutely got jason and clary on the line right now covering uh owner of the dolphins dispatch for those miami dolphins so jason looking at now to a tongue oh In the second preseason game, I mean, he was magnificent. First preseason game, did pretty good. But the second one, uh, I mean, young man, 16 for 23 passing, had a touchdown pass in the game, a couple of touchdown, long touchdown drives. Where have you seen him grow the most between year one uh, and during this year of training camp as he prepares to prove some doubters wrong here?
1: the first thing that you really take notice of is his body language both when he's on the sideline and then when he's in the huddle and on the field Um, it's just completely night and day last year you could tell that he wasn't totally comfortable in that system uh, both by his play on the field and just by his body language and general interaction with teammates this year Um, just doing a lot better communicating commanding the huddle uh, really being a leader there which uh, is great to see as he's coming into his second year Um, And I know a lot of people will say it's just preseason, but um, you got to practice what what you preach. And so the fact that he's able to um, show these things in practice and in preseason, in my opinion, bodes well for uh, what Miami has uh, heading into the year two of uh, Tua Tagovailoa's career down there in Miami.
0: Absolutely. Looking forward to seeing what Tua has to do here in year two as a quarterback for the Dolphins. Definitely looking great in uh, in training camp and in the preseason thus far. But Jason, now now we turn our attention to that wide receiver room and one in particular, Robert Foster, of whom... uh, It had seemed like he had finally found a home in Miami. He was making plays in training camp. He was catching touchdown passes in preseason matchups. But the Dolphins decided to waive and or release Foster. Just in your opinion, what went went into that? What, What was behind that, especially for a young man that, like I mentioned, was starting to find a home in Miami?
1: You know, it was it was purely a numbers game. Um, he was getting a lot of run with the uh, first and second team. Um, a lot of the reason because Miami had quite a few receivers out. Uh, they were down uh, Devonte Parker, um, Will Fuller, uh, and then Albert Wilson has also been out for a while. And those uh, those right there, other than uh, rookie Jalen Waller, are probably Miami's top three receivers. So the fact that at the top of their receiver unit, they were dealing with a lot of injuries and absences of practice, um, he got a lot of opportunities in practice and in the preseason games to kind of work with Tua and work with the uh, second team there. Um, So I wouldn't say that he did anything wrong necessarily. Um, It's just the fact that uh, they have such a logjam at receiver right now. Um, It's really hard for uh, a new player like that to make the team when you also have incumbents like Jakeem Grant, who's um, a return specialist and has been there for several years. Uh, Matt Collins, who is also a special teamer. So it was kind of uh, a a numbers game uh, for him to get cut there. And it's unfortunate because he really was uh, showing um, a lot of good things there in practice and in the preseason so far.
0: If you're just tuning into the show here on a Wednesday, once again, our apologies for the delay, some small technical things there, but we're rocking and rolling right now here with you on a Wednesday, and we're joined live by my man Jason Clary, who is the owner of the Dolphins Dispatch, covering those Miami Dolphins, talking to a tongue of Noah, Robert Foster, among other things. But now we get into Jalen Waddle here, Jason. He went down with a small little, um, little injury in the second preseason game. He continued to play, got back good continue to be out there on the field how is he doing as of now how ha- how has he progressed since then and just, just what, what's the update here on Jalen Waddle
1: yeah uh when that uh injury happened he was run blocking down the field and the the run kind of came uh to his his back and uh he got leg whipped by a defender that was trying to make a play on the ball so Um, A little bit of a freak injury there. Um, And and I'm not really going to say injury. Um, At first, it did look like it was a serious injury. He was down. It looked like he was in a lot of pain. Um, Thankfully, he was able to uh, walk off under his own power, um, left with trainers, but quickly came back, came back into the game. uh, And there have been no reports of him dealing with uh, any issues um, from that scare. So um, thankfully, there was uh, nothing serious that happened there. I, I know a lot of Dolphins fans were holding their breath, uh, that their, uh, first round pick, um, was down. So, um, you know, and you saw in Miami's first two drives that, uh, they, they really want to get him incorporated into the offense, whether it's screens, jet sweeps, um, you know, motion plays, anything they can do to get the ball in his hands, uh, they're going to do. So, um, he is likely going to be a focal point, uh, for that offense, uh, week in and week out, uh, during this season.
0: Happy to hear Jalen Waddle up and okay. Though know, he suffered that little injury there in the second preseason game. With good news that he's up, you know, walking around, moving around, and going, taking part in practices for the Dolphins. He's going to be a marquee factor in this offense. But he is Jason Clary, ladies and gentlemen, uh, owner of the Dolphins Dispatch, with those Miami Dolphins live here with us on the show, talking to a Valoa, Jalen Waddle, and one Robert Foster. Jason, man, appreciate you. You coming on, helping us out here on the show. You you take care of yourself, man. Stay safe. Be good, my man.
1: Hey, thank you very much uh, for having me again, and I hope you have a great week. Thank you very much, Stephen.
0: Absolutely. Jason Clary, DolphinsDispatch.com covering those dolphins right there going through the training camp and the preseason but we go from one outstanding guest to another we now bring on the big superstar my man alex barth covering the patriots for 98.5 the sports hub beat reporter and sports radio personality alex a lot's going on right now but first off how you feeling i'm feeling pretty good we're
2: What, less than a week away from some real college football? NFL right after that?
0: Uh, It feels like football season. I'm loving it. Absolutely. Everybody juiced up right now, my man. Football season is here. It's upon us. We're rocking and rolling with it. But Mac Jones this week. Uh, Throughout this week, you know, Cam Newton not at practice due to some, you know, COVID misunderstandings there where the Patriots are concerned. So, Mac Jones got the bulk of the reps with the first team offense. And today, so many reports coming out. He was 35 of 40 passing, surgical accuracy, threatening the ball in with double coverage, but making plays, just really putting the ball exactly where it needs to be at. And, And having many people feel like, you know, Mac can really take this starting quarterback job week one. So where are we at this point, Alex? Can can I break this down? How close is Jones to taking the starting quarterback job week one of this season?
2: Yeah, this is – he's pretty darn close. I mean, I, I kind of said all along, I think I said it to you when I was on with you after the draft. I don't know that Mac Jones was ever going to be able to win the starting job. I think Cam Newton had to lose it. And that's what we're witnessing right now. Cam Newton's not out there on the field, and Mac Jones is out there. And, you know, the first two days without Newton, he was good, not great. It was kind of what we've seen, but today he stepped up and grabbed it. And if he has another performance like this, and and then we'll see what he does in the preseason game against the Giants, uh, and Newton doesn't elevate his game, it's going to be really hard for them to not start him. I mean, he, there was an NFL quarterback on the field today, right? It was a joint practice. They're working against the Giants. Daniel Jones, who's I'm told he's an NFL quarterback, supposedly he's an NFL quarterback, and Mac Jones looked miles ahead of him in just about every facet of the game. So he, he's, he's pretty darn close, I'll tell you that.
0: When you talk to receivers about Barth, about, about Jones, Alex, what do they say about him, whether it's his leadership, his arm ability, his accuracy? When you talk to pass catchers on this team, uh, what do they say about Mac?
2: Well, so I'll give you one beyond the receivers first. Matthew Slater, who is the longest-tenured Patriot, special teams guy, multiple-time All-Pro, the leader in the locker room, the biggest voice in that locker room. He was asked about Mac Jones yesterday, and he was raving about just the character, right? Talked about how Jones has come in, done all the right things, said all the right things. He's eager. He's, you know, just... He, every every He's made it so everybody on the team kind of likes him. So, you know, Matthew Slater's a guy that... Uh, Not a lot of people outside of New England know who he is because he's a special teams player. But when Matthew Slater talks, you listen, he's that kind of guy. He's not going to BS. He's not going to just feed you lines. When he says something, he means it. And he spoke incredibly high of Mac Jones yesterday. As for the receivers, uh, I thought an interesting uh, interaction today with Kendrick Bourne. Somebody asked Bourne about the trust level between him and Jones. And he said, you know, I run in cuts all the time. Mac Jones trusts me to catch the ball. I trust him to, to not lead me into trouble. And that that's a big part of it. I think that for a guy who's just coming in, any player who's coming into a new system, rookie or not, if you're a quarterback, you have to build that chemistry with the wide receivers. It's just going to make things so much easier for you. And it sounds like he's, and it's not just what Bourne said, it's looked like it for the last couple of weeks. He's done a tremendous job getting on the same page as his receivers, making sure they see things the same way and just the overall chemistry of it.
0: If you're just tuning into the show here on a Wednesday, we are joined here by Alex Barth covering the New England Patriots, Patriots beat writer and sports radio personality for 98.5, the sports hub. So Alex, we look at now the Patriots traded Sony Michelle to the Rams. So now is it Damian Harris time in New England? Is it Damian Harris time?
2: It has to be. I mean, it- they're going to be a running back by committee. They always are. It's what they've done for the last five or six years. But Harris is going to be the main back, and more importantly, I think he's going to not in terms of of total carries because they'll spread that out. But you know, when they when you got to have it, third and one, right, late in the game, you need a first down to run the clock out, whatever the the case is. Damian Harris is going to get used in those high leverage situations, and he earned this. He came in. Didn't play a ton his rookie year. And then last year, he was better than Sony Michelle. He played his way into the starting job. It is now his. And this is a team that's going to run the football a lot. So, again, I don't know that he's going to, you know, get 300 carries like a Derrick Henry type. But the Patriots running game is going to go through him.
0: He is Alex Barth, ladies and gentlemen, covering the New England Patriots, Patriots beat reporter, and sports radio personality for 98.5, the Sports Hub out of Boston talking. Mac Jones, Damian Harris, the odds of Mac Jones, taking the starting quarterback job from Cam Newton really, really high right now. Alex, has always, been appreciate you coming on to spend some time with us. Stay safe, man, be good, continue an awesome Patriots coverage, brother.
2: Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Have a good
0: one. Absolutely. Alex Barth, Alex Barth covering uh, the New England Patriots, 98.5, the sports hub, and a Boston, just great things happening there for Mac Jones, Damian Harris, and the rest of the crew. We're going to go to a break right now here, folks, on the show. When we get back, we jump to the phone lines for the first call segment. We're taking your calls, your thoughts, your tweets, your interactions, a conversation with you, the Bama fans, comes after this.
3: Don't touch that dial. Call in right now as we're taking your calls up next on In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith. Brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Visit weownthefourthquarter.com now to get your four-finger bling necklace. I'm Alec Moore. you're watching In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith on Touchdown Alabama's YouTube channel.
0: Back into the action, folks, back inside from the break of a number one form for Bama football news. In my own words, George Chulie, Stephen M. Smith, Touchdown Alabama Magazine on a Wednesday as we are 10, 10 days from Bama, Miami. We're talking about where A.J. McCarron, Mac Jones, uh, uh, Robert Foster, Henry... Henry To'o, To. we are 10 days away from Bama, Miami, coming up really, really close here Saturday, September 4th, 2.30 p.m. Central Time, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. I'm pumped up for it, but as we're back in here, we got the phone lines open right now, 205-448-1358, that's the number right there, to let your voice be heard on the show, 205-448-1358. And as you're getting your thoughts together to call in, we got a quick topic to go to right here. And that being the Crimson Tide, Alabama football had 15 guys named to the SEC preseason coaches team. 15 guys, including seven first-team guys. And the first-team guys offensively, you had two guys that being Evan Neal and John Mechie. And then the defense had five guys, including uh, Will Anderson, Christian Harris, uh, Henry To'oto'o, Malachi Moore, uh, And also John, well, total totals on the second team. So it was Christian Harris, Malachi Moore, Josh Jova, Fidarian Mathis, and Will Anderson. So those five were on the defensive side of the football. The offensive side was John Mechie and Evan Neal. But seven guys made the first team. For the preseason All-SEC coaches team, 15 guys, and all a conference high for Alabama making that team right there. But we go to our first call right now on the show. You're live on a Wednesday on In My Own Words. How you feeling? State your name and where you're calling from.
4: Ooh, this is Red Hot Al from Colorado. Sweltering out here and uh, having some few hot days in Colorado. You'd think it was summertime or something. But uh, roll tide, there, man.
0: Absolutely, Al. I mean, what's on your mind right now, man?
4: Well, I'm wondering, is is Hellem still kind of day-to-day with that ankle? I was looking forward to him starting there at that free safety spot. What have you
5: heard?
0: The last time Saban said he is day-to-day, I know Saban spoke tonight in his press conference, our own Patrick Dowd, the breaking news reporter here at TDA, was in on that press conference. So definitely, definitely we'll get with Pat on any news or updates regarding uh, DeMarco Hellums. But uh, the last time Saban spoke uh, that I was involved in there, he said that Hellums day-to-day there with the ankle.
4: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate it. And uh, everybody, just uh, remember that the football is coming up. Don't let world events get you down too much. Keep your faith. Spread it out, too. And let's keep praying for the folks who are really in need.
0: Absolutely. Appreciate Al from Colorado. Big Al checking in there, helping us out on the show. We go to our next call right here. You're live on In My Own World. on a Wednesday. What's going on? How you feeling? State your name. And where you calling from? Hey Steven, it's Jim Bob McClane. All right, Jim Bob, what's happening, man?
4: Nothing much. Um uh, getting kind of tired hearing some of this news about uh, Billingsley kid. Uh, what's going on
1: down there?
0: Well B- well, good question. So Billingsley was actually back at practice on yesterday. He was back at practice in blocking drills and tight end drills. Looked like it appeared like he was the first guy in the line, so it seems like, it appears like, things are okay. We'll continue to provide you guys with updates on that. But he was back in practice yesterday, back in practice today. So, it appears like things are okay.
4: Why are all these players, they, they won the championship, they think they're so good. Why are they not just want to buy in and listen to Coach Saban?
0: That's the big thing because, I mean, Coach Saban is not the average coach, and, and I get that. He's stern, he's tough, he does it by the book, even though he's mellowed out in his older years. But at the same time, Jim Bob, you're right. At, at the end of the day, you have to buy into the program. You've got to buy into the system. If Saban knows you're good, he's going to put you on the field. And all you have to do is be at Alabama three to four years, and you're off to the NFL draft. It's a small piece of time, that you have to spend it at Alabama compared to what you want to do, which is your ultimate goal, which is play pro football for countless years. But, Jim Bob, Jim Bob I agree with you, man. Great point. Appreciate that call coming from you. Uh, but Jaleel Billingsley was at practice today. He was there yesterday. So it appears that things have been – it appears that like things are okay, but we're gonna continue with updates on that. Appreciate McConaughey. Man, McConic, man. Gotta love McConaughey. Big shout out to McConic, man. $75 super chat. Put it in the bag. He met the goal by himself today. Appreciate the support there coming from McConick. We go to our next car right here. You're live on the show. What's going on? State your name and where you're coming from. Live on the show, caller, state your name. Where you calling from? Unfortunately, lost that caller right there. But uh, 205-448-1358 number to call in. But we're going to actually go to a break right now on the show. But upon our return, we're going to actually get into a kind of interesting conversation. So U.S. Bama fans, you're intrigued by all the players, by every player, especially those that don't seem to get as much pop as much conversation, as much a noise as they need to. So we're going to talk about those types of players that need more conversation right after this We are rocking and rolling back in here from the break of a number one form. Top take it right here when you talk your Crimson Tide football news. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine on a Wednesday. Happy to have all of you checking us out, joining us here on the show. And we get into kind of a cool conversation. So, you know... Th- 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 U.S. Tide fans, you guys enjoy all the players. You want to be updated on all the players. You want to know how all the players are doing, even the ones that may not get the love, the conversation, the clout, the uh, the dialogue from many people in the media. You want to know how each and every player is doing for Alabama. So we're going to kind of do this right now. We're going to put the spotlight on guys that don't get a lot of pop, that don't get a lot of dialogue, that don't get a lot of attention and kind of just update you guys on how they're doing so first and foremost we go to the wide receiver room where we pick up asia hall of uh, the freshman from florida five stars 6'3, 195 pounds so Hall, he exploded on the scene during the a-day game i mean he was mr can't miss can't lose mr he's that dude you know four catches for 72 yards from Hall. In the 8a game everybody was talking about him everybody was buzzing about him in the spring but since then he's kind of tapered off just a bit this is not saying but he's not good this is not saying that he's not talented this is just you know he's out there but you've got guys like jojo earl and christian leary and Jacory brooks so the, 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 these guys are freshmen are really taking that next step up. They're really trending forward. They're really trending you know, high right now. And uh, Asia Hall has been kind of working with the third-teamers out there. So this is not saying that he's bad. This is not saying that he's not a good player. He's not a capable player. He's not a quality player. This is just saying that there are other guys on the roster at wide receiver, in particular the, th- the freshmen. I mentioned Leary, Earl, and Brooks. They are really taking the next steps to push to be out there on the field, getting that playing time. But just a little update there on Asia Hall. As we transition now into Value Jones-Bell, Jones-Bell has had a good camp. He's had a good camp. He's had. You know, two good scrimmages. He caught the 66-yard touchdown pass from Paul Tyson in the first scrimmage. He's got speed. He's got athleticism. He he can break for some big plays. But other guys on the roster at that position have, I guess, kind of a bit more get-up-and-go than he does when you look at just the Treshawn Holdens, the Learys, the Earls, the Brookses. And then you got, you know, the Mechies. and you got the Jamison Williams, the Slave Boldens. You know, other guys kind of have a bit more pull than he does. Not to say that he's bad fat player, really talented player, good player. But other guys are kind of trending a little bit more so ahead of him. And his time will come. His time will come. Probably won't be necessarily this year, but his time will come. But Bale still having a good uh, good camp, still having you no know, good performances in in the two scrimmage games. As we move on here to Javon Baker, and this is the guy that had been doing so much talking on social media about I'm gonna make y'all feel me, I'm gonna make y'all see me, I'm gonna make y'all understand me, and he started off getting, you know, a little bit of conversation because people saw the size, the height, the physicality, the ability to kind of go up there and go get it. But the issue with Baker is does not have the just break away speed, right? And U.S. fans have become so used to those game breakers at wide receiver, those guys that have speed. Like, we have been so spoiled by Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Devonte Smith, Jalen Waddle. That group spoiled us because it was catch and beep, beep, gone. Get to the house. Get to the crib. Get to the apartments. Get to the pay dirt. Score those touchdowns. So, after seeing those four guys, we now look at wide receivers. Have to say, you gotta have that type of speed. And if you don't have that type of speed, are we taking a step back with you? I mean, that's kind of a question right here. So, you know, hopefully Baker can, uh, um, you know, make up for that and and, and have other areas of his game that can, that can take over and get him on the field. But, you know, right now, you know, a physical guy just does not have that breakaway speed that U.S. fans are used to seeing out there on the field. As we move on here to John Mechie at wide receiver. And... Uh, He was not talked about at all in the spring due to he didn't play in the spring. He was coming off a couple of surgeries. According to Coach Saban, the Crimson Tide has been trying to work Metry back full go for the offense because he had to have time to recover, to rehab, and get healed up from those surgeries. He had a couple of nagging injuries down the stretch of last season. But he's 100% now. He's good to go now. Going back to that second scrimmage, he had the 80-yard touchdown reception from Bryce Young that was really, really good for him out there on the field. And him uh, having that mantle now being passed to him from Devontae Smith, he's got to be the number one receiver. We all know Smitty played with him on his hands. Smitty never dropped the ball. And if he did drop a ball, I clearly did not see it. So uh, for John Mechie, has got to go out there and lead this team we' need the wide receiver room with, with pinpoint catches uh, with, with big plays out there at that position. But as we move on over now to the defensive side of the ball, and in particular an inside linebacker, we pick up Shane Lee. And uh, this is somebody who's truly kind of falling off because after his freshman year in 2019, where he had to play in replacement of Dylan Moses, who got hurt, prior to the season with the knee injury and uh, Shane Lee was put out there he had to call the defense run the defense set all the schemes up get everybody in order and despite the production he had that year as a freshman I remember again like 85 tackles like seven tackles for loss, four and a half sacks he put up some strong numbers put up some strong numbers make the freshman all SEC team but the one knock on, on Lee was you no know, tightness in his hips. Didn't have the smooth fluidity movement of his hips. You no know, going from sideline to sideline. Kind, of, kind of a stiff in the hips there. And did not play last year. According to Coach Saban, he had a sports hernia uh, type of injury. So he couldn't play last year. He couldn't play much last year. So this season, in uh, fall camp this far, you, you you haven't heard much from Sh- you haven't heard much about Shane Lee. Nobody's been talking about him. Nobody has shown much concern. Nobody has been having him in conversations. And he, he's a talented guy. He's a good player. It's just, will we see Shane Lee on the field this season? That's a big question, because with Henry To'o To'o in here, and you've got Christian Harris. And you've got a uh, Jalen Moody, and you've got all of these young guys at the linebacker at the inside backer position, chomping at the bit to get on the field. Kind of a tough, difficult spot to be in for Shane Lee. But we shall see what happens as we stick here with the linebackers, but now go to outside linebackers. This becomes Quandarius Robinson. And people forget, you know, he was a five-star coming out of Jackson Owen High School in the Mobile area, not Mobile, in Birmingham here in that 2020 class. And, you know, a guy that, you know, when he feels out his body, you know, he could be a very successful player and outside linebacker. But just so much depth at that position when you discuss Chris Allen gets a lot of talk. Will Anderson gets a lot of talk. And whatever talk is not soaked up by those two, it's being taken over by Drew Sanders. It's being taken over by Chris Braswell. You got King Wakuna at that position as well. So, Quandarius Robinson, his time will come. It's just so much depth at the outside linebacker position. He's having a good camp. He's been productive. He's been playing well. It's just he is behind So many guys in that room coached by Sal Sanceri. So he'll continue to grow. He'll continue to get better. He will continue to develop. But as we continue with the outside linebackers, we now pick up Keanu Cope who is a true freshman, and Keanu Colt was one of two guys that Alabama flipped from LSU during the early signing period last year in December, and Alabama fans, you were excited when the Tide was able to flip Keanu Colt. Now, he's been, you know, once again, having a, good, having a good camp, doing well in scrimmages. It's just so much depth, so many guys in front of him at the outside backer position. I feel like once... Chris Allen graduates after this season. And then once, you know, once, once Chris Allen graduates and once, you know, uh, Will Anderson does his thing and potentially moves off to the NFL, you could see, you know, some some more of these guys, these young guys get in the picture, get in the fray and, and have success. Hopefully, you know, we don't see these guys hit the transfer portal, but, you know, things happen. You never know what could happen, but Keanu Colt is having good camp. Is having success here in scrimmages. Sticking with the defense, but now transitioning over to the defensive secondary, we pick up Jaques Robinson. And Robinson came into that 2020 class with guys like Malachi Moore, Brian Branch. You know, he came in with those guys, and Christian Story also. And Robinson, he got on campus early. In well, early before the end of the 2019 season because he got here in December of 19. He was helping Alabama prepare for the Citrus Bowl against Michigan in Orlando, Florida. And with Robinson, he's about 6'2", uh, close, to two, a little bit, uh, close to 200 pounds, if not over that mark by now. With his body type, reminds you a little bit of Trayvon Diggs, long, lean, rangy, athletic type of guy, and he's been worked... All over the secondary, he's getting some time at, 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 at nickel. He's getting some time at dime. He's getting some time at star. He's number 23 on the film. So JaQues Robinson, number 23 on the tape If you're as you're watching this. The guy's performing backpedaling drills with Coach Jay Valai. Jaquez Robinson, number 23 on the video here, but you know, here's a guy that's got length. He's got talent. He's got experience. He's got athleticism, but defensive back, just another position where Bama's deep at. I mean, Bama's got guys all over the field in terms of veteran players. So he's another guy that you have to wait until you know some of these guys filter out, whether it's through graduation, whether it's through going to the NFL draft. And you know, once some of these older guys filter out here, he will have his opportunity but Robinson actually had a pick off Jalen Milrow in the first scrimmage. So, Jacquez Robinson has been playing their ball here in fall camp. As we look at now, one Devontae Smith in the secondary, the corner, not the receiver. Devontae Smith, who's number 27 on the tape there, as he was working with safeties under the leadership of Coach Charles Kelly. Smith, you know, once again, another byproduct of the secondary's loaded. The defensive backfield is loaded. You got Job and Armor Davis and Kool-Aid and Marcus Banks and Malachi and Brian Branch and DeMarco Hellams and and Jordan Battle and just just so many guys in that back five to where you know all over the field at various positions. You know, it's Devontae Smith, it's it's learning that role, it's learning that position, it's growing in your spot, it's growing within the playbook having a good camp, performing pretty good in scrimmages. It's just, you know, he you're behind so many guys. And I've said this multiple times. The four positions Saban recruits the most. He's always going to get a stud and a ton of studs. And that's running back, wide receiver, defensive back, and linebacker. So guys like Jaquez Robinson and Devontae Smith, kind of the, the beneficiaries of they're behind a bunch of studs and kind of have to you know, wait their time you know to get on the field. As we go now to the offensive line and we pick up one Pierce Quick, this is a guy that I've been waiting to see get on the field, potentially being a starter because he was nasty and he would trust field high school and – At Bama, he's now put on weight. He's now 6'5", 309 pounds. I would like to see him get a look either as a starting tackle or as a starting guard. Doesn't really matter. Just would like to see big number 72, Pierce Quick, on uh, the field. Now, recently, he's coming off a back surgery. So, that's the reason why it's taken him a long time to kind of, you know, get back and get back in the flow of things. He did not participate at all in spring football. So, Upon him coming back from the back surgery, he's getting back in the flow of things, he's getting back in the swing of things. But hopefully we can see, you know, him potentially make a push there to get on the field. And even when you look at guys like Kamar Wheaton, mentioning him, you know, another bar by, another byproduct of you got a lot of backs on the field. When you look at Brian Robinson Roydale Roydell Williams. Uh, Trey Sanders, Jace McClellan, you know, Kamar Wheaton, he'll have his time, he'll have his moment, just gotta be able to, uh, you know, wait this thing out here, but we we take a break here on the show, don't touch that dial, we're still getting your chest warm here on a Wednesday, upon our return, we will jump back into the phone lines to take your calls, your thoughts, your chats, your interactions, your conversations, right after this.
3: What's up, Belma Nation? This is Rudy Griffin, former Alabama
4: defensive lineman, and you're listening to my guy, Stephen M. Smith.
0: In my own words, brought to you by Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Roll-tack, roll time, roll.
3: Every sports fan deserves the proper representation. Whitwill Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care. In support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only 9 dollars and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to witwillsports.com and get your title towel today.
4: Look at all these great players in Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Man, wait till I turn up this year. I'm going to be on the front cover. But what if Will goes
3: off? Or Joe, DeMarco, Chris, Tim, Christian. Don't wait. Order now at TouchdownAlabama.com or call 833-483-2624 today.
5: Christian.
0: We are back rocking here, folks. Back in from the break of a number one form for Bama football news. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen M. Smith, touchdown Alabama magazine. Coach Saban having his presser on this evening. We are 10 days. Until Bama, Miami, live from Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. But as we're back in from the break, we go to the phone lines, have a take-your-calls. Call statement brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. Number to call in right there, 205-448-1358. We grab this call here. You're live on the show. What's going on? How you feeling? State your name and where you calling from. Hey, this
5: is Corey from Trust Alabama. How you doing this afternoon?
0: Doing good, Corey. How you feeling, man? I'm
5: doing great. Uh, I don't know about you, but I didn't really like what I heard coming out of Coach Saban's press conference. Uh, did Did you feel the same way?
0: Saying about Saban's press conference.
5: Yeah. Did, did, yeah. Did, did Did you Did you feel kind of a negative feeling coming out of his press conference?
0: I didn't really. Out of this one, I know I, I know I wasn't in this one. I know our own Patrick Dowd, who's the breaking news reporter for Touchdown Alabama, he was in on this one now. Prior to this one, Corey, there have been a couple of press conferences where Saban has been kind of chill, kind of calm, kind of mellow, kind of even-keeled. And, of course, the, the two involving Billings Billingsley, he kind of got kind of rah-rah in those two. But for the majority so far, he's kind of been kind of chill.
5: Do you feel confident Alabama will get the offensive line patched out correctly? Because I think we all know the five that we, we would feel most confident is, is Evan Neal, Emile Echior, Chris Owens, Javion Cohen, and potentially Kendall Randolph if he's healed from his prime equity. Do, do you feel like that will be the starting five against uh, Miami? uh
0: <laughs> It has, a, it has a big chance to be, Corey. I know Saban mentioned today that uh, the uh, center position is still some competition there. You want to have consistency at that center spot. So, that's between Chris Owens and Darian Dalcourt, the junior from Maryland, who came in that 2019 class. Dalcourt, a bit more of a natural center, but Chris Owens has played a lot of football. And the guys respect him. The guys love him. So, that center spot going to be interesting. If in the right tackle spot – I think Kendall Randolph ultimately will start against Miami, but also keep your eyes on J.C. Latham as well, who's been getting reps. But I think they'll have the offensive line figured out. Appreciate Corey from Trustville for that call right there. We take this call. You're live on the show. What's going on? State your name and where you are calling from.
4: This is Animal, the president of the TDA chat club. I'm calling from Jasper, Alabama. I'll tell you what, Stephen. I was sitting here, and I saw that Jalen Waddle. I saw that incident happen. I spit out half my popsicle, dropped the other half, and the damn dog run off with it. So I'm one short of popsicle. Somebody got to send me a popsicle in the Somebody chat. Somebody please send my what, man a popsicle. <laughs> i tell you what it was. it i tell you. Whew, I hope that don't happen again. Lord have mercy. I'm telling you what. All right, everybody's looking good in the Blue Wrench Gang. Everybody want me to call in. I appreciate all the love out there in the Blue Wrench Gang. I sure do everybody's looking good cities towns countries and states tda loves y'all and i do too every one of you they appreciate everything you do comments donations calling in messages blow them up give them all you got everybody we need to uh remember our troops so once again in afghanistan these people This uh uh and up here in waverly tennessee and a lot of other things going on in this country we need to keep our priorities straight and remember guys they say a priority night for everybody so everybody's looking good. I'm going to try to get back in here on Friday. I got a few things going on. So
0: everybody stay safe. I love everybody. We'll see y'all on Friday. Bye-bye, everyone. Appreciate the call. They're coming from Wayland. Yes, that in, that, that, that situation with Jalen Water, where he took that awkward fall in that preseason game scared me too. But he's up. He's good. He's okay. And we take our call right here. You're live on the show. What's going on? State your name and where you calling from today.
5: My name is
4: Richard Hood, and I'm calling from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And I wanted—I had a quick question. But have you heard anything about Jamarian Latham, the four-star defensive lineman that was recruited to Bama last year?
0: Okay, I, I, to me, to me, man, that's the, that's the sleeper on the line. To me, that's the sleeper. I mean, he he has he had a great spring. He's had a very good summer. He's had a very strong camp. Nobody's really talking a lot about him. But he's he's among that next wave ready to pop. I can tell you that right now. He's among that next wave ready to pop. Coach Freddie Roach really likes Latham.
3: Yes, sir. He he he. That, that kid's gonna be special. I had the privilege of coaching him when I was in uh when he was in little league football, and uh, I watched him grow up, man. and uh, – Hey, what, Bama got something special. I wish them, them but a great year, and I'm sure we're going to have it. I just hope everybody stay healthy. Bama Nation, all day, every day. Wailing out of every man, and enjoy the rest of your day.
0: Absolutely. Appreciate that call right there. We got another call coming in. You guys are blowing us up on a Wednesday. You're live on the show. What's going on? State your name, and where you calling from? Hello,
5: Charles from the Memphis.
0: Charles is back. Charles, what's going on? Uh, nothing. What's on your mind, Charles? Uh,
5: what what is Evan gonna do with uh,
0: uh Jaleel, the, the the Italian guy? Well, well, Charles, uh, ben Leslie was back in practice today. He was back out there yesterday, also. So, it appears that it appears that uh, it appears that things are fine. It appears that things are, are good. Once again, as we get updates in, we will continue to inform y'all, but it was just good to see him at practice today and at practice yesterday with tight ends uh, uh, back with his position group. They're not, they're not going to kick him out of the team? Well, Charles, I hope not. I mean, it, it seems like they're not going to kick him off the team. I hope not, because you, you do kind of need him out there. So, it, I saw it, he was in practice today. He was in practice yesterday. So that's all I care about right now. <laughs> well, appreciate, right. appreciate Charles Nabopoulos, man, calling. It. I, I, I got to love Charles and what he brings to the show. I mean, he's, he's a concerned fan. I wanted to make sure that Jill Billings is okay. You know, he was in practice today and in practice yesterday. As long as he's out there going through drills, taking care of his business, then. That's all I want to see, point blank, period. But um, as always, Bama fans, if you want to have your picture featured on the show, this is what you do. You send that photo to tdalabamateam at gmail.com. That's tdalabamateam at gmail.com. Send the photo right there. The photo, along with your name, will be featured on the screen of the show upon you calling in. We got a couple of super chats to get to right here. We got my man Big Bill from New York. Bill from NYC that $5 donation. Appreciating the love from Bill. And we got Agar Thomas dropping a 50 piece. Agar Thomas helping us out here on the show. That $50 donation. appreciate the love from everybody. Writing in, calling in, donating in. So quick topic right here. And it goes to ESPN unveiled the commentary team for Alabama's game against Miami, Saturday, September 4th, 2.30 p.m. Central Time, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Game will be aired on ABC. The commentary team we have in the booth, Sean McDonough on play-by-play. We've got Todd Blackledge, color analyst. We've got on the field Todd McShay and Molly McGrath, the sideline reporter. So McDonough, Blackledge, McShay, and McGrath, the, the, uh, the commentary team for the Crimson Tide against Miami, week one to open the college football season. I wouldn't have mind having Joe Tess or uh, Kirk Herbstreet, but we will do what we have to do. We will make do what we have to make do with. So that's just ESPN putting out the commentary team. We go to a call right here. You're live on the show. What's going on? State your name and where you calling from.
5: What's up? I'm calling from Bama, Alabama. And I just had to ask you one question. Go ahead. So, like, what, Like, it might be a little too early for you right now, but what are you, like the predictions for Bama versus Miami? Okay. Okay.
0: I like this. I like this. Predictions for Bama versus Miami. Appreciate this call. Give me, give me Bama forty-two, Miami thirteen. 42 13, Bam! That'll be my prediction right there. Appreciate that call there from that young fan. But I, I like 42 13 Miami, John. I, I may change it prior to the game. But right now, I'm really rocking with 42-13 Miami right now. That 42-13, Bama over Miami right now. But we take a break right here on the show. Appreciate everybody for helping us out here, calling in, writing in, donating in, ch- uh, texting in, chatting in, all that you've been doing. We got a call, though. We'll take this final call here before we go to break. You're live on the show. What's going on? State your name. Where you calling from?
4: What's up, Steve? It's Jay from Sheffield. You doing all right?
0: Oh man, Jay from Sheffield was popping, brother. What's going on?
4: Oh, making it, man. Living day to day, man. You know what I want to see.
0: <laughs> what
4: do you want to see, see, Jay? I want to see Nick bring out some like a like a trick special team play. Since we got all these fast Ooh. guys like JoJo and Kamara we you
0: think we'll ever see that? I mean, that'll be nice. That'll be nice. And, 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 th- and think about this. Think about this, Jay. This is Drew Swoboda's first year at Alabama. He comes over from Memphis, so Drew, C- Coach Drew may have a trick or two. We, we don't know, but he may have a trick or two. Hey,
4: man, I love the show, man. Thank you, man. Thank you for the show, dude. Uh, that's all I wanted.
0: <laughs> Appreciate the call that comes from my man Jay from Sheffield. I mean, this is Drew Swoboda's first year. I'm not saying he going to run trick plays, but he a first-year head coach. You kind of don't know what the heck his philosophy is. He may pull something. He may wait for the best possible time to pull something out the chamber, and we don't know when it's gonna come. But we <laughs> take the break right here. All of oh, Michelle touch that down. When we get back, we jump into elimination three pack of questions talking this version of Bama football, and we'll get into it after this. <laughs>
3: What's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is Marvin Constant, All-SEC linebacker and 1999 SEC champion. You are listening to In My Own Words, brought to you by Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Roll Tide. Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama.
0: All right, people, people, people. We're back in from the break with number one form for your Crimson Tide. Football news, in my own words, You're showing Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown, Alabama Magazine on a Wednesday hump day. We are 10 days. We are 10 days from Bama, Miami, pumped up, juiced up, prepared for this right here. But before we get into the elimination game, got to remind you of TDAware.com. That's tdaware.com for all of you fans still overjoyed with the Crimson Tides National Championship. We want you to check out our championship collection merch. This means you grab you an 18 of them things, spoke hoodie, t-shirt, or sweatshirt, as well as our Got 18 We Do shirts. Designs that feature all 18 championship years on the back. You head on over to tdaware.com. Do it right now, baby. TDA, right tba.com tbawear.com you go over championship collections merch tab you get you that gear today showing that support for coach saban the university of alabama the student athletes and us here at touchdown alabama magazine it is wednesday so you know what i'm wearing my 18 of them things, folks shirt got to represent here live on the show but we're getting it out the elimination game y'all know how this goes down It's a three-pack of questions discussing your Crimson Tide, and we eliminate all of the wrong answers till we get to the right answer on the show. Now, what makes this fun for you, the Tide fan, is our own John Ivory will will be conducting polls in the chat line, so you can get your vote on in elimination. If you feel like this guy should be the winner, if you feel like that guy should be the winner, or whatever the case may be, you can get your vote on in the polls in this fun Interactive segment right here. So let's get this thing going here. Elimination here. If you go to the first thought here in the conversation, as it's on screen, so which veteran receiver, which veteran receiving option will have the most catches? So the veteran receiving option that will have the most catches this year. Uh, well, it's, well it's, it's my opinion on who I think the guy will be. So it's my opinion on who I think of the guy will be in terms of the game of, of elimination. But we got the answer choices here. So the answer choices here for the first topic we've got here, we got John Mechie, we've got Jamison Williams, we've got Slade Bolden, and we've got Jalil Billingsley here. So receiving option that will have the most catches, Mechie, Williams, Bolden, and Billingsley. So starting this thing off with Mechie, last season he had 55 catches. 916 yards, fourth in the SEC, six touchdowns, made explosive plays, especially in matchups against Texas A&M and Tennessee. He takes over for the departed Devontae Smith as the number one wide receiver. The mantle falls on him. He's got to catch the balls. He's got to make the plays. He's got to be the leader. He's got to make things very comfortable for one Bryce Young. At quarterback, and I like what Mechie can do. I like what Mechie brings to the table. We're gonna keep Mechie here on the screen here for a little bit longer. We're gonna keep Mechie here. As we move on down to Jamison Williams, this guy transferred from Ohio State. I mean, uh, I know uh, the uh, in years to come, uh, JoJo Earl will be Jalen Waddle 2.0 in years to come, but just stating now. Jamison Williams at 6'2", a little bit taller than Waddle. He's 189 pounds, a bit thicker than Waddle. When I was able to talk to credible sources following the both scrimmages, you know, I was told this guy, Williams, is the deep threat. He's the burner. He can take the top off the secondary. He's fast. You can send him deep. Coach Saban even talked about it. You know, This guy is going to be a big feature of our offense. And when Saban calls you a big feature that's called for, you're starting. You're gonna get out there on the field. Get your chin strap tightened up. You're going out there. Jamison Williams, if you remember, you know coming over from Ohio State had the big performance uh, in the uh, in the semifinal game against Clemson. Caught the 45-yard touchdown pass from uh, Justin Fields. The Buckeyes got the 49-28 win. I like Jamison Williams. We're gonna keep him here for a moment as we move over to Slade Bolden. I like Slade, and so far. He has managed to fend off Christian Leary, fend off JoJo Earl for the most part, still the main guy to start in the slot there for the Crimson Tide this season. So I like what Bowden brings. I like what he can do. Uh, a guy that down the stretch of last season, he had a lot of moments where he stepped up and made plays, but we're going to put Bowden off here for a minute. And that gives us to Jaleel Billingsley. Jaleel, Back in practice today, was in practice, you know, yesterday. You know, a guy that has big play potential written all over him. A guy that can be a first-round pick. He puts it all together. He becomes that mature leader on the field. He can be a first-round pick. He's that type of talent. You know, this past season, uh, Steve Sarkeesian opened him up. 18 catches, 287 yards, three touchdowns. Bill O'Brien has the, has the potential to turn him into a megastar. So like Jaleel, but we're also going to slide Jaleel off for a minute here. So that leaves us with John Mechie and Jamison Williams. John Mechie and Jamison Williams here. So 74% of you are going Mechie. 17% of you are going Williams. I'm going to roll. With the 17% that say Williams, I think Jamison Williams is going to have the most catches. Mechie may have the most yards or the most touchdowns, but I think Jamison Williams will have the will have the most catches. Once again, burner, speed, quick, up and down the field, big feature, has big experience coming from Ohio State. And remember 2016, fans. Just remember 2016 when. Um, Our Darius Stewart had more yards, 864, but Calvin Ridley had more catches with 72. It's going to kind of be like that where you'll have Mechie more than likely with more yards, more touchdowns, but Jamison Williams with more catches. It could very well play out like that. We'll see, but I'm going with Jamison Williams here. So we move in here to our second thought here in our game of elimination. Question on screen. Who starts at center for the Crimson Tide? Who will be the starting center to control the offensive line? Starting off week one against Miami, our answer choices are as follows. We have Chris Owens, we have Emil Ekior, we have Darian Dalcourt, and we have Seth McLaughlin here on screen. So, starting this thing off with Chris Owens. Owens has, you know, he's embraced the role of being the old man on the team. Got to Alabama in the 2016 class, so this would be his sixth year in the program. The young man has played a ton of football. He's played center. He's played guard. He's played tackle. He's played tight end. He's played everywhere. Very versatile. Veteran guy. Leadership guy. Role model type of guy. Teammates love him. You no know, Coaching staff loves him. It's just, you know, for me, as suitable as Owens was in the two playoff games this uh, this past season, including National Championship against Ohio State, and as well as he played, filling in there for one of Landon Dickerson in the SEC Championship game, when Bama lost Dickerson to the NFL, Dickerson brought so much to this team, and not just from a personality standpoint, though he was a great personality. We're talking about from intellect, IQ, calling out the offense, calling out the defense, the physicality, the opening up the run game, the protecting of the passing game. Dickerson did so much for Alabama football in just a short period of time. And, and, and you wonder sometimes, does Owens have that same physicality as a Dickerson? But we're going to leave Chris Owens here for just a moment because he's playing a lot of football. As we move on here to Emil Echior. Ekior, he has the ability, the versatility to play both guard and center. When he came out of high school in uh, Indianapolis, Cathedral High School, in the 2018 class, you know, he brought that type of diversity. He could play guard, he could play center very well in a phone booth, high IQ, high intellect. And down the stretch of last season, really started to come on at that right guard spot. But We're going to slide Echior to the side a little bit here. Like Echior, we're going to move him off here. So that will be down at Darian Dalcourt. And Dalcourt at 6'3", 300 pounds, product of St. Francis Academy in the state of Maryland uh, in that 2019 class, four-star prospect. This guy, to me, is a naturally gifted center. He looks like a center. He feels like a center. He moves like a center. You know how you just look at people and you go that guy looks like something. Darian Dalcourt just looks like a center. He looks like a college football center. He's got that nastiness. He's got that athleticism. He's got that physicality. He's got that quick feet. He can move. He is very ranging at that position. He's got an experience the last 2 seasons, the last 2 to 3 seasons as well last 2 seasons as a backup. So I, I like Dalcourt, let's keep him here. So we'll move on now to Seth McLaughlin, of whom McLaughlin, good prospect, you know, good kid, good guy, but out there working hard in fall camp, working hard in uh, the scrimmages. And, and, and McLaughlin's got some tools, but right now you know, he's sort of, kind of the third team center. So we're gonna move McLaughlin off here. So that leaves us with Chris Owens and Darian Dalcourt. Let's hear from the fans. 85% of you are going, 86% of you are going Owens. 10% of you are saying down court. Coach Saban is saying there is competition at the center spot. Need more consistency at that spot. So I'm going to go with the 10% with Darian Downcourt. I like Chris Owens. He's got a lot of experience. But Nick Saban saying this close to the first game of the season He's saying uh, we uh, don't have. We 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 need consistency at center, and uh, if Chris Owens is not giving you that consistency at center right now, and we are ten days away from Bama Miami, this means Dorian Dowcourt's making a serious push. Dorian Dowcourt's making some serious waves, and Nick Savin starting to look at that guy as a potential guy there. At the center uh, position, but we'll see if Chris Owens can really sort of fend him off there. But really like down court there, starting center there for, for the Crimson Tide. But we move on here to our final thought here in terms of elimination three pack of questions discussing your Crimson Tide. And this goes to the defensive line. So the biggest sleeper for the Alabama's defensive line for this season, we got our answer choices for you right here. It's either Stephon Win. Then we've got Justin Eboigbe. We've got Byron Young. And we've got Jamarian Latham. Biggest sleeper here on the defensive line. Wynn, beat Young, and Latham. Starting this thing off with Stefan Wynn. I remember when he came in 2018 as a five-star from Anderson, South Carolina, by the way of IMG. People thought, okay, this kid's the real deal. People thought this dude's going to be something. This guy's going to do something. This guy's going to become something. This guy's going to turn out to be great. And... Just has not materialized, just has not <clears throat> quite manifested here for Alabama. Good, good guy just has not quite been a, the player that he would like to be on the field right now. So, we're going to slide Stefan Win off. Hopefully, he has a good year. We're going to slide Stephon Win off, though. So, we go now to Justin Aboigby. Here is somebody that has not really gotten much conversation. And, He's played quite a bit here in the last, you know, two seasons, 2019 and 2020. He's recorded an interception. He's gotten sacks. He's gotten quarterback hurries. He's gotten tackles for losses. He's played in, you know, 23 games, 20, 23 games, you know, in his career. So, you know, and boy, he's gotten some experience, and you know, he's talked about how deep the rotation is on the defensive line. How Coach Roach has worked with him on his technique, got him good, got him straight, got him right. So, we're going to keep a boy beam on the screen here for just a moment. We move on now to Byron Young. This is somebody I really like. Young, nasty, mean, physical athletic from Mississippi. I mean, Freddie Roach loves this dude. Coach Saban has talked about it. He's one of the more fast, quick-twitch edge guys on the defensive line. That being Byron Young. He can get sacks, he can stuff the run, he can play, he can get to the quarterback, he can force fumbles, he can create turnovers, really like Byron. But Byron's been getting, no, no Byron gets pop, Byron gets conversation. So we're going to slide Byron Young off here. And so now we've got Jamarian Latham. People, my high school alma mater, Francis Marion in Perry County, We played against Latham down there at Pickens County. Latham is a dog. Those 1A kids are flat-out dogs. And uh, Latham's high school head coach was Michael Williams, former Alabama tight end, three-time BCS national champion. I mean – Jamarian Latham's the real deal. Jamarian Latham can flat-out play, can flat-out go, can flat-out grind. I mean, in the spring, uh, he was chasing Paul Tyson all over the field, uh, had a good summer, really good fall camp. Coach Roach likes him also. So we're looking at Justin the boy, B or Jamarian Latham, biggest sleeper here of a defensive line. Justin the boy, B, Jamarian Latham. So 50% of you are going Latham. of you are going to B For the first time out of three, I'm rolling with y'all the fans. Give me Big Latham. Give me Big Latham, John. Jamarian Latham, the biggest sleeper on this defensive line. And I think he's the next one in the way. He's the next one in the way to pop. Keep your eyes on 93. He's a madman. Big man. Athletic man. Can move, can affect the passing game, can stop the run. I remember in one of the scrimmages, he laid Brian Robinson out. I was like, God dang! He laid B Rob to the ground. I, you could hear them pads pop. I was like, shoot! Sheesh! So, um, Jamarian Latham, I'm telling you, keep your eyes on Big 93. Kick and play. Kick and play out. I, I, I think he's next in the line here to potentially pop. But that's fine. That was fine. It, it's always good. Playing elimination, three pack of questions, eliminating all the answers down until I get to the one that, in my opinion, will be, uh, could be uh, the answer right there. But it's always a joy. Being able to do this with you, the Bama fans. And as always, Bama Nation, you want the best in news, notes, information, and coverage on your favorite program, that being the Tide. You can get this by accessing the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. You download the app from the iPhone App Store. If you're rocking Team Apple, Google Play Store, if you just so happen to have the Android phone. For your audio listening needs, we got you covered right here in iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google Play, Overcast.fm, TuneIn Radio, or iHeartRadio. Got you covered right there. Gotta shout out Spencer, the man Reveille, with that cool five dollar donation, helping us out here on the show. Appreciate the love they're coming from my man Spencer. Also, Ty fans, you can purchase individual copies of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Have those sent to your door. That link will be found in the description. Also, if you're trying to get that fresh edition, print edition of TD, a touch of TD, of TD, of TD Alabama the, the magazine, you can go to touchdownalabama.com, click join become a member, a subscriber today. If you're also trying to get your hands on the four-finger bling necklace, four-finger bling jewelry, courtesy of our guys at weownthefourthquarter.com, that's weownthefourthquarter.com. That link in the description as well. As always, Todd fans, Don't forget to check out our own Justin Smith uh Need scouting and recruiting analyst for TDA. He has his show, The Process. Every Tuesday and Thursday, right here on the YouTube channel. Check him out. Justin does an outstanding job breaking down recruits, covering recruits, covering the hottest, the hardest, highest targets, the top prospects from all across the landscape of high school football. So, if recruiting is your thing, you check out the man that does it better than anybody else. That's our guy, Justin Smith. He eats, sleeps, breathes recruiting for Bama football. But. Until next time, folks, husbands, love your wives. Wives, appreciate value. Those husbands, children, continue doing the right thing, fun thing, smart thing, good thing, legitimate thing to not be bored, Get that schoolwork done also. You get you those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. You protect yourself, protect the loved ones around you. Until next time, good people, I'm your man, Stephen M. Smith. This has been In My Own Words.